We've talked yesterday about creating a viewpoint of your job, your life, that is way bigger than a than an ant, way bigger than a grain of sand, way bigger. And the reason we do that is because uh, this viewpoint allows us to deal with a lot of what the mass and the people you'll be leading are dealing with uh, and stressing about, you'll be able to deal with it with calm. To be able to see and travel to the centre of the universe, not by light or by measuring distances as we do on Earth, but by thought. And to imagine this place somewhere, as I've described yesterday, somewhere where there is absolute stillness, there are no boundaries, no separations. We are all connected. But then, of course, that's all very well to sit in an armchair and imagine uh, the centre of the universe where all of these problems we have in a day-to-day basis are uh, don't exist, can't exist. But then we travel back towards Earth. And the closer we get to Earth, the more time starts to take over. We have 24 hours in a day, which means the Earth spins. And that causes emotion because we have past and future. We have fear of the future, guilt of the past, the two core emotions that all human beings struggle with. And so as we come back, it may be wise for us to bring with us from this place we've arrived at, this spiritual viewpoint, it may may be wise to bring with us a bundle, a package, Now, when I take people up in the Himalayas, we come back with the same awareness. Um, It's not quite as dramatic as what I spoke about yesterday on the audio, but it is beautiful because when you sit under the awe of uh, Sagamata, the mother goddess of the earth, um, Mount Everest, you you realise that you you are a grain of sand (laughs) and you do get this perspective, not quite as hugely as you do travelling through space, but you get it. And it's an opportunity to to realize just how beautiful life and earth and love and relationship and leadership and what a great opportunity we have to be here at this time. And therefore, we, we want to bring that home. And the only way to bring it home is to understand the laws of that make this a Sagamatha, the mother goddess or the center of the universe, that make it functional. And to, because none of the none of the uh, stars and suns and planets and trillions and trillions of them collide, they, 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 it's all held in orbit by some magical forces. And those forces are the same things that control atoms, molecules, and subatomic particles in our in our body. So to get a a real perspective, we want to bring home the package, and that's what I'm going to talk about today: bringing it home, so that you can use those laws in the center of the universe to apply to situations of order and chaos in your everyday life. Let's go. The first law is the law of perfect balance. If you look around uh, out there in space and take careful note, all creation, all creation is drawn to be spherical. The Earth's round, the Sun is round, the planets are round, the solar system is round, all matter seems to take the same shape. No power exists in the universe that can alter this tendency. More than this, there is the influence that one set of planets has on all, has influence on all the others, and that they all have influence on each other. Wherever a ray of light travels, harmony goes with it. And there goes the power that is 
inseparable from all existence. It is a self-evident fact that everything is, that is free in nature assumes a round shape, which reveals the presence of balanced forces. Light carries the power of repulsion, matter carries the power of attraction, and these two influences working together give shape to the entire universe. This is the balance between all forces, and the universe itself must, of necessity, be round in, in order for the two forces to do their work. If one single atom in the entire universe were out of balance, the whole creation would be destroyed. Growth and decay, birth and death, whether tides, successes, failures, are all manifestations of this great law. In all the universe, everything seeks balance, and without it, all would freeze. So balance is everything. It is one law that governs all. Contrast this now with the minds of those little ants scurrying about in their anthill worlds. Their existence is conditional on the defiance of the law of balance. Every emotion they have, every feeling they have, every attraction and every repulsion, every like and every dislike, every good and bad, are one, if not all, separations from the grace and the magic of balanced. They are imbalanced thoughts. The ambition for most people, the height of earthly experience, at the bottom of the consciousness cone, is separation. In other words, identity. They aspire to create a good without its correlate wrong, an upper without its correlate downer. This identification is the basis of their life's whole pursuit, a struggle to create individuality, a fight against nature. They search and they struggle, looking for ways to change their anthill, to separate themselves from others on the basis of personal ideals. They hold so fast to their separations that they go to their grave early through the stress of trying to fight for them. What stress is not caused by separation? What sickness is not the result of a stubborn hold on a lopsided identity? What war and what boundary between nations is not divided on the basis of imbalanced ideals of religion, culture or greed? They build prisons and then fight to remain inside them. Is there any single event that can escape perfect balance? Is there a birth without a death, a loss without a gain, a growth without a decay? Yet on earth, people of the lower four realms, the lower four levels of consciousness, got to, should, need to and want to, fight for and decay because of an attachment to an imbalanced thinking process. On our earth, viewpoint limits our understanding. We believe only what we see. We cannot understand that balance exists because we cannot measure what happens in one part against another. We live locally. We only know what we can see. On earth, we've come to thrive on this imbalance. Our stories are told in pain without pleasure or of happiness without a cost of death without a gain. We write books on performances in which one side can exist without the other, and more this is shown, the more it is revered. Living in our lowest-minded anthills, 
we build hospitals and we study better ways to defy nature's law. The process is balance. When a human ant finds balance, it is uncomfortable because balance is not action. Balance is stillness. When we are in balance, it is unfathomable because there is no drama, no story to tell. Imbalance is contrast. And this has the appearance of success or progress or storytelling, entertainment. It is also separation of people, boundaries between nations, violence and suffering. Consciousness in the human definition is the preservation of life in the best way possible, whereas consciousness in the universal level is perfect balance, unconditional love, eternal witness. One satisfies the human being, the lower mind, while the other satisfies the soul, the higher mind. So this brings us to a golden opportunity. And the golden opportunity is to find the silver lining in every cloud. Now, you have to get used to this idea that we will uh, form a negative opinion and lose energy and sometimes even sabotage anything we can't see the balance in. Uh, we, we rush towards things we can see the positive without the negative and we run away from things we see the negative without the positive. But this gives us a golden opportunity. The golden opportunity is called marketing. and We can market to ourselves. It's called self-talk. And we can talk ourselves into doing anything we do. And in fact, it's wise to talk yourself into doing anything you do because if you do something reluctantly or... Uh, if you do something unwillingly, which means somebody else has to dictate it's got to be done or it should be done or it needs to be done, you become exhausted, you become fragmented, you become disconnected uh, from your true nature. And so what we can do is use the, this first law that we've learnt from the universe, we've learnt from uh, Sagamata, we've learnt from nature that... Human nature seeks a balance in all things. And therefore, if we're going to do something we don't necessarily want to do or don't necessarily look forward to, we can just keep working on it until we say, I can see more positives than negatives, or at least as many positives and neg than as I see as negatives. And so therefore, we be have to be what's called uh, creative. We have to say, where, where, uh, is what I'm about to do helping me fulfill my vision? Where's the positive? Because sometimes we only see the negative. Have a listen to the podcast I put here today with Troy Jones and I talking about moving house. I think you'll find it a really good exercise. And maybe you can think of an example where you don't enjoy doing something every single day and you can change your mind, adapt your mind, and be flexible in mindset so that you actually want to do something that you've previously said you didn't want to do. This is Chris. Have a great day. Bye for now.